Coaches, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. This episode is sponsored by GameStrap. If you're in the need of a sideline replay system, look no further than GameStrap. GameStrap has the fastest sideline replay system on the market, and they provide 24-7 customer support. Their systems can be used for multiple sports like football, basketball, and volleyball. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. Go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat, or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. We'd also like to mention a new sponsor of the podcast this year, Just Play Solutions. I know most of you know about Just Play and how they can take your game preparation to the next level. From scout cards to player quizzing to installs, Just Play provides coaches with football playbook and game planning tools to prepare faster and engage with today's athletes. Make it a party to check out Just Play this offseason before your league opponents do. Visit www.justplaysolutions.com, sign up for a free do- demo, and let them know we sent you. Welcome to the Mesh Point Podcast. Tonight we've got uh, Sean, Sean Mitchell and, and Brent Breback uh, from Discovery Canyon High School out in Colorado Springs. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, Matt. Thanks. Doing great, man. Thanks for having us on. Hey, we're excited to have you. Um, you know, it's, it's funny to get to, to meet you guys. I mean, we chat on Telegram and everything else, but, you know, that doesn't have video and that doesn't, you know, really make it as personal as this does. So we're excited <laughs> to have you. Um, Sean, once you kick it off, talk about, you know, background a little bit, your journey, how you got to Discovery Canyon. Sure. Thanks. Um, again, guys, let me just reiterate it. Appreciate you having us on there. Uh, ben spends a lot of time um, uh, talking to you guys and, and sharing with you guys. So it's a pleasure to be on with you guys tonight. Um, so this is, uh, I'm starting my 13th year at Discovery Canyon. Um, <clears throat> Discovery Canyon was a new school in 2007. Um, so uh, I opened the program there. I was the first head coach and uh, helped open the, the school, uh, the uh, social studies department and so on. So <clears throat> it's been a great opportunity. I came from Harrison High School, uh, which is uh, also here in Colorado Springs. Um, and I was the head coach there for, for seven years and uh, uh, an assistant there for four before that. Um, <clears throat> I also student taught at Harrison and I worked with that head coach and, and he was a really important part of my life. And I know later we'll kind of talk a little bit about mentors and so on, but, um, <clears throat> I, uh, uh, played a little college football at Colorado college uh, here in Colorado Springs, division three football. And I was a defensive lineman, uh, there and, um, didn't leave Colorado Springs after, you know, I, I stuck around in my student teaching here and I just fell in love with the Colorado Springs area. But I did grow up in Colorado. I played high school football at uh, Fort Lupton High School, which is a, a small school up in the northeastern part of the state, north of Denver, small rural community. Um, and, and that's where I fell in love with the, with the game. And, <clears throat> and that's what kind of led me here. And 
Uh, I think probably my, my biggest influences when I was in high school were my high school football coaches across the board, whether it was my position coach or as our head coach or our, our strength and conditioning coach. And I just love those guys, loved what they did. And, and I think that's where my, my passion for the game came from. Well, Coach, that's, that's awesome. Uh, ben, talk about a little bit about your background, too. You know, how you, how you got the discovery. Sure, Coach. Yeah, I'm a local kid, uh, born and raised in Colorado Springs. I've never strayed far. Uh, my high school program at Widefield High School was, was pretty much the dominant program citywide when I was growing up. We had a lot of success locally, um, but never really broke through at the, at the state level. Kind of topped out in the quarterfinals each year. Um, but still was a strong program, and I learned a lot from, from my coaches there. Uh, definitely impacted me, made me want to do what I do. Uh, went to Colorado College, uh, like Coach Mitchell said, Division three school here. Uh, he and I played there over a period of eight years. I won't tell you which of us is older, but we never actually played together. Uh, one of us was leaving as the other was coming in. And, uh, you know, I was just a five foot six, 150-pound, mediocre Division three safety. Uh, but the experience was, was one of the most valuable experiences in my life introduced me to a lot of men who are the best friends I have in the world today. And so I wouldn't trade anything for that Division Three experience. Uh, since that time, uh, I've coached at four different high schools here in town, coached with Coach Mitchell one year as a student teacher way back in 1999. You gave it up. Now we know who's older. <laughs> <laughs> well, I couldn't hide that very well. Uh, so I did one year there. Uh, and then when my student teaching was over, Took a job at Lewis Palmer High School, which is, again, Colorado Springs. I haven't, haven't strayed. Spent three years there and then had a chance to, to kind of return to a place that's really important to me, uh, Fountain Fort Carson High School. And, again, I know we'll talk about some coaching mentors later. Right. I'll get into that. And spent 11 years at Fountain Fort Carson. Uh, a lot of success as a football and a track program. But over that entire period, uh, Sean here, he's my best friend in the world, and he's telling me, we got to get back together. We got to get back together. Uh, you know, I'm opening up a new school. Come be a part of this, this program. And it was hard for me to leave. Uh, you know, we get comfortable. And I was at a place where things were pretty easy, and we were having a lot of success. And it was hard for me to leave. But as I got older and, and got married and had kids of my own, I looked at every program in the city and said, Where's the school I want my kids to grow up and go? Right. Discovery Canyon's a special place. It's K through 12, all in one building. Um, even oh, wow. Not a small rural community. Uh, we're right in the middle of suburbia. We're a public neighborhood school. We're not a magnet or a charter. Um, but the neighborhood school is kindergarten through 12, all in one building, which is incredibly unique. Yeah. My wife's an elementary educator, and I'm a high school math teacher and football coach, and uh, we got three kids now in the elementary, and it's been the perfect move for us. Uh, I've been there now five years, teaching and coaching with my best friend and watching my kids grow up in the community. It's it's the perfect spot for me. That Man, that's awesome to have that connection and be on the staff together. Man, that makes it really fun, doesn't it? <clears throat> the part he didn't tell you was <clears throat> when I had to make my decision to leave Harrison and go to Discovery Canyon – it was tough for me because I'd been at Harrison for a long time and loved those kids down there in that community. <clears throat> so I said, I need to talk this out. 
And uh, he translated that to, if I help him move seven tons of rock, then that gives us a whole day. out. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so we moved a lot of rock and, and uh, we talked it through. And I think by the time the day was done, I'd made my decision. But uh, then I wouldn't let him off the hook. Right. So I said, <clears throat> okay, I'm moving up there. When are you? When are you coming up here? And, right. and uh, yeah. <clears throat> I kept throwing that seven ton of rock in there. <laughs> he was yeah. going to come up to Discovery Canyon or <laughs> he was going to help me move seven ton of something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you know, one last thing kind of before Tony kicks in here a little bit. I, I'm just curious, like, um, you know, maybe just talk about what it was like to – I mean, I know you mentioned it was K-12, but but just talk a little bit about what it was like to open a new school. I mean, I wouldn't say that's normal. You know, I'm not normal, but a lot of people don't get to do that, right? Establish your own everything, you know what I mean, and a collection of stuff you guys are bringing from different places and backgrounds. And, and putting it together in one spot and you know some of your answers are going to lead to questions here down the road I, I know but uh maybe just talk a little bit about you know to the listeners about what it was like to to do that sure um well you know the first and most important part i think about all this is it was a lot of fun you know we we opened up that building in phases um the the high school um and the uh Eighth grade were the third phase, and they opened up um, the, the middle school, and then they opened up the elementary school, then they opened up the high school. Um, <clears throat> so we were the third phase coming in, so there was already a school there and, and, and a culture that was developing. Um, and then we came in as a, as a high school with 115 kids in that first class, and it was just freshmen. Um, and uh, when we had uh, first day of football practice, there were 19 kids out there. Um, and yeah, <clears throat> and we were lucky that we got 19. I, I, I feel like um, we had to do a little recruiting on that first day of school about, uh, if you, Hey, are, are you, are you, a, a, an athlete? Do you play any sports? You want to try football? So we got any, anybody, anybody that would come out. So we got 19 kids out there and, and we were able to put together a football team. Um, it was a, it was a struggle at times. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I, I wanted to start right away with, with putting in the option and, and, um, wanted to get the ball rolling and we had I just come from a full program with freshman JV and varsity and I, I wanted to try to <clears throat> get that that ball rolling um so it was it was a lot of fun to start but it was a lot of work um we had a lot of kids that that uh that had never played football before um it was a great opportunity for kids that, that maybe wouldn't be involved in in football somewhere else they could certainly play football for us everybody was going to play and darn near did um so it was a lot of fun, a lot of work, uh, but um, the uh, <clears throat> I think the thing that I found that I found most rewarding about it um, is that you know you you come in and, and you you can have a, a vision of what you want to ha to happen there, right? And and um, at a school where you take over a program, you might have to change some things, change some culture, change some attitudes or perceptions. And this was right from the get go. And let's put our stuff in and let's start building what this culture is going to be and that was everything that was um what the mascot was going to look like right. and um you know it, <clears throat> we figured that out over that seven ton of rock <clears throat> we did figure that out over seven ton of rock. no, no lie <clears throat> but um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff born out of that seven ton of rock i can see yeah, yeah and we were a lot younger then too so i mean <laughs> we were really getting after that, that rock. but um but you know you, you have you can you can you can 
um, start to install not just your X's and O's, but just everything you, you, you believe in, in, in a program. Um, and there's been some bumps along the way, you know, I mean, uh, when we finally joined the 3A classification, that was tough because we had been a, a freshman only team. And then we moved to being in a developmental league where we only played schools that were just like us. And then we jump into 3A and, um, whew, eyes opened, you know, I, I mean, um, now you're playing, you know, we are, our 15 and 16 year olds, there are the oldest kids on our team and we're playing against teams that have 18 year olds, you know, and, and uh, um, so, so we get some bumps along the way and, and that's worrisome because you think, oh, are we going to lose it here? You know, if we go, if we go four and, and six or, or we, we go three and seven and are, are we going to, are we going to fall into this cycle of, of losing? But, you know, I, I was fortunate to, to be able to surround myself with some really good coaches and guys that really bought into what we were doing and the kids bought in and the community bought in and it just sort of, it steamrolled, you know, and they just, you know, it just caught on and um, having that middle school there as a feeder as well was, was important. So um, a lot of challenges, a lot of fun along the way. And I can't believe it's been 13 years. Man, I'm got to be honest. I'm I'm a little disappointed, Coach. Uh, these guys are from Colorado. I thought all teachers in Colorado were agricultural farmer teachers. You know what I mean? In the weed state. <laughs> you're you're the guy who knows all about the FFA, Tony. <laughs> I'm just messing with you guys, man. Something we know about Colorado is is weed, man. That's the weed state. <laughs> I get the kids in government and economics uh, excited, man. If we, if we say we, they'll perk up and, and want to talk, you know? It's crazy. <laughs> now, uh, okay, let's go ahead and move on and talk about uh, mentors. Uh, we'll start with uh, Sean. And, uh, uh, Coach, talk about a mentor of yours that uh, you've leaned on throughout your, your coaching career. And then uh, when he's done, then you'll go, okay? Here we go. Great. <clears throat> Um, I, I think I'd have to start um, with um, my college head coach, um, uh, Craig Rundle. Uh, Craig Rundle was the head coach at Colorado College uh, in the years that I was there and some of the years that, that Ben was there as well. He moved on to Albion in Michigan and was the head coach there as well. Um, and he, was, he was a tough dude. You know, he, he, was, uh, uh, he wasn't afraid to <clears throat> um, call you out in front of the team and use some choice words, the words we said we weren't going to say uh, here on the podcast. So he wasn't afraid to use some of those, but <clears throat> he, um, he, he just had this, um, this demeanor about him that I just gravitated towards. He was, he was a, a man of few words, um, but uh, lots of football knowledge. And at the end of the day, you know, you might catch an earful from him twice in a row, three times. He might, he might walk away and then remember he had something else to tell you you were awful at and turn around and come back to you. But I just, I, I was really, um, uh, he was really, uh, uh, impressed me, you know, like, like his, his, uh, his method and his way. Um, and then as I got older and got into coaching myself, um, he was always there to answer questions when I, when I wanted to be a head coach and I, and I, uh, I knew I was going to be taking some interview questions. He sat down with me and, and he helped me kind of talk through. Because, you know, when you're 26, 27 years old, what, what do you know? Like nothing. You know, you, you might know a position. You might know a few, a few X's and O's. But, you know, I, I sat down with him. I said, you know, I need to talk about offensive philosophy and defensive philosophy. And I've never had to think about it in those terms. And he kind of helped me come to, 
to realize what, what that meant and, and it helped me to, to find my philosophy there. And we had a long time where I didn't see him. He was coaching at Albion and I was coaching at two different schools. And I had the, the pleasure of running into him at the Liberty Bowl a couple years ago, a really good friend of ours, uh, a guy that I played with at CC, um, hosts us at the Liberty Bowl every year. And TCU happened to be playing and Coach Rundle and <clears throat> um, Coach Patterson are, are friends. And so he was there to watch him play. And we reconnected uh, for the first time in a, in a number of years. And it was hours and hours of, of talking with him and his wife. In the course of talking, I mentioned that we were running a 4-2-5 and that we had wanted to go to TCU and it didn't work out. And he said, well, we run a 4-2-5 and I have all of Gary's stuff. How about I come in clinic with you? So he and his wife got in the car <clears throat> two years ago in May and drove from Michigan to Colorado. He clinicked with us for the better part of three days. Wow. Um, sat in our film room with us and showed us his film and, and uh, looked at our film and answered all of our dumb questions. And... Um, was just uh, so patient and, and so helpful with us. So he leaves and he's going to go, they're going to go visit their adult sons. And, and I call him and I say, Hey, you know, we're going to, we're, we're, we're going to uh, do this, this, uh, we're going to put this stuff in and, and we're going to install it over the next two days. And he said, well, why don't I help you with that? So they get to their hotel room <clears throat> that night and he puts together a two day install where he does PowerPoint slides and clips and does all this stuff and shares it with me. On huddle. So here's this guy who's on vacation, really. He's already spent three days with us, but then he's also going to do our, our help us with our, our, in our defensive install. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> so, you know, I mean, uh, I, I, I can't say enough good things about what, what Coach yeah. Ron has done for me. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Relationships, man. That's awesome. <laughs> it's been fun for me to see that relationship continue to grow with Coach Rundle, too. Uh, he coached my first two seasons at Colorado College uh, before he took the Albion job. And the truth is, we didn't have as much of a relationship there. Uh, like I said, I was a young player. I was, I was a mediocre dude. Um, and, and then he was gone before I, I hit my junior year. But now, uh, getting to work with him, and I'll tell you, if Coach Mitchell or I post something on Twitter, He's one of the first dudes to like it and retweet it. And he's, he's all about what we're doing with option football, uh, even though he's not an option guy himself. Kind of support even in that arena, and it's fun. And like Coach said, getting to see him at the Liberty Bowl was cool. Oh, that's awesome, man. Hey, I remember you sending us some pics of the, you guys got the hookup there, man, in the press box there at the Liberty Bowl, too. That's <laughs> We, we don't have a rough life for those couple of days, man. Uh, we go to somebody else's life for, you know, just pretend that we're cool. Yeah, we're part of an entourage at that point. So we just follow around the, the host. We let him we let him show us a good time. Well, uh, Memphis Memphis isn't a bad town. And they find some stuff to do now. That's yeah. Barbecue, baby. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Hey, so let's let's uh, let's shoot it back to 2007. So 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 why the flexbone triple option? What what about the flexbone? Uh, you know, fits your team or, or your philosophy so well? <clears throat> you know, we actually started running the um, the triple option when I was at Harrison, and we started that back in 2004. Um, and it 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 really came. At a time in, uh, in my career, I'd been the head coach since 2000. We hadn't had a lot of success at that point. Um, I felt like offensively we were a collection of plays 
Um, you know, if we if we had a quarterback that we thought could throw the ball well, we would throw the ball more. If we thought we had two good running backs, we ran split back. If we felt like we had a fullback, we ran an eye. Like, <clears throat> I felt like we were all over the place. And, um, and again, that kind of goes back to not really having a, a good understanding of, of what my philosophy was. I didn't really have one. I, I knew we, I wanted to run the ball. Um, you know, I, <clears throat> I just – I was all over the board. And I, um, I've been a defensive coordinator for a long time. Um, uh, and I continued in that role as a, as a head coach as well. And there were a number of teams in the area in southern Colorado that were option teams. And they were always a headache for me. Uh, as a defensive coach, I tried all the I tried all the strategies on how to stop uh, how to stop the option. Um, I did a lot of research on it. I, I went to a clinic and I would listen to option guys to try to get into their mind about what what it was that they were doing. And these teams just had a lot of success year in and year out. Um, and so sitting back, I thought, you know what? I I, I think that's something that we could do. And now. I've, I've done so much research on it um, from a defensive standpoint. I feel like I know enough about it that maybe we can, we can install this. So the, my offensive coordinator at the time, he and I did a lot of research. Um, it started with a book from the 70s that, that uh, I found in the library, um, a bunch of VHS tapes, Tony DeMeo um, uh, tapes on, on, uh, on VHS. And, and so we just started doing more and more and more research and, the guy who was my offensive coordinator at the time had a little bit of background uh, in, in the option or at least at least some option plays. And then it just sort of grew from that. And, and we started having some success with it. And then as I looked at, at, the, at the teams that I had, I didn't have big dominant offensive linemen year in and year out. I'd have one or two here or there. I always had plenty of running back type bodies. And then we got a, a run of really smart quarterbacks that I thought could really handle this and that we were – underutilizing them in, in, in our offenses prior. So, um, <clears throat> and then, you know, once you, once you get into it and you see the, just the, the beauty of, of that offense, you know, it's hard to move away from it. Um, and so what's happened is, is that I, I started it with one offensive coordinator and then he passed it on to another guy who did a lot of work and a lot of research and, and tried to make us a better, a better team. And that's when we moved to the flex bone and, and Ben took over, and and you you guys know Ben like he's a he's an information guy, right? He's just eating, eating, eating all this information. So right. three different offensive coordinators, and they've all kind of um, put their own little spin on it, and they've all done a lot of work um, to to make it the offense for us. It's it's been a neat path for me. <clears throat> um, you know, when I started coaching here in town, I was at a school called Lewis Palmer High School, working for a man named Tony Romano who was an incredible head coach to work for and taught me a lot about ball. And uh, Coach Romano, we were an I formation, inside zone, outside zone team. I was coaching running backs, but we had a play called midline. <clears throat> and I had no experience uh, with any option football as a player in high school or college. And this was the year, this was 2000. And it blew my mind you could run a football play and not block a three technique. <laughs> And it was, it was just a play that kind of was added on. We were, we were true inside zone, outside zone. Mm -hmm. We would run this midline and not block the three. And our, our out of the eye formation, either our fullback would get the ball up in there or the tailback would end up lead blocking for the quarterback in the B gap with the keep. And I was, it, it blew my mind. <laughs> uh, and after a few years, I had an opportunity to, 
to go to a high school where my mom had taught for 30 years. And she retired. And uh, all the men at that school, and my mom was, was the English teacher who didn't coach, but all her best friends were the football coaches. And I had grown up with a very consistent group of, of these men in my life because they all worked there for 30 years. And that's something we don't see anymore. Uh, the head coach, he coached there 30 plus years as, as a head guy. And when my mom retired and those guys came to me and said, hey, come down and work with us. You know, we need a yeah. brief in the building still. I jumped at it. Yeah. And when I got there, uh, we moved through a couple of, uh, of years where we weren't really uh, establishing an identity. And then we went to split back veer. And they had had some success with it in the 80s, and they got away from it. And in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, they needed something to hang their hat on. And we started working with uh, Ken Spark. And, and he was just willing to share all kinds of stuff. And I remember uh, the whole Carson Newman staff flew out here to Colorado, uh, met with a guy named Tony Manfredi in Denver, who was running split back there at Overland High School. And our two high school sat, staff sat down with these guys. They talked split back beer for us for two days, answered every question we had, and uh, made a huge impact on me because, you know, I knew nothing about option football. So when Sean called me up and, you know, for the hundredth time said, hey, buddy, like, our friendship's being tested. You won't come coach with me. I need, I need an offensive coordinator. It's got to be you. Uh, we talked about the job, and he did not tell me, uh, what kind of offense we needed to run. He said, I trust you as the offensive coordinator. You know, I know you're coming out of split back veer. We're working out of flex bone. He said, the only requirement is we're going to be a triple option football team. He said, and I trust you to put the best triple option offense out there together. And, you know, as a head coach, he's, he's shown a ton of trust uh, in allowing me the, the latitude to do what I see is best. Uh, but I thought what they had already in place with the flex bone was an incredible foundation and uh, felt like it fit our kids maybe a little better than the split back beer, beer did. Yeah. And so we, I just have been trying to build what was already in place, but I don't see us uh, ever being anything but a flex bone team. Uh, as long as Coach Mitchell and I are there, uh, we'll be flex bone. And, you know, your, your offense evolves, right? I mean, we, we started running the option first out of the eye, um, and then we eventually moved to um, the uh, – the uh, wishbone. Um, <clears throat> and like I said, look from the seventies, right? That's where we were getting our information from. There was a lot of wishbone in there, but right up the road uh, here, uh, Fisher DeBerry was running the flex bone. And so yeah. we had a chance to, to, to take a look at what they were doing. Um, you know, that kind of helped us to evolve a little bit, but then it's continued to evolve. And so, like I said, at Discovery Canyon, I've had two offensive uh, coordinators, or I, I guess I've had three, one for a short time, but you know, Ben and the guy before him, Jason Miner, just did a lot of, of work, right? And they spent a lot of time, whether it was uh, looking at, at videos or, or whether it was talking to guys at clinic or, or, or like Ben now with the social media, um, you know, it's, it's evolved over time, but <clears throat> um, he's right. Like we're going to be a, a triple option team for as long as I'm the head coach. Now you, you guys bring up um, uh, uh, Air Force and Fisher DeBerry. Now, I remember Ben sharing with us, uh, you guys, your location of your um, your school, you guys can see the Air Force Academy from, from your field, actually, right? Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about that and then uh, maybe how 
it has Air Force uh, influenced what you guys are doing at all? Have they helped you develop your option looks at all? You know, uh, you go over there and get a clinic with them at all and maybe get some advice or? Absolutely. Um, like I said, when, <clears throat> when we went from, when we were in the wishbone, um, which again, you know, Fisher DeBerry had run out of the wishbone too. Um, and then they broke the bone and started running out of that flex look. Um, you know, we, um, we weren't going to clinics much early on. And then um, they started to host one out there. Um, and so for a good couple of years, we would go out to their, uh, out to their clinics. And um, there was some transition in there too, <clears throat> after DeBerry left. And they were trying, they were flirting with some other stuff, but they always came back home. You know, they always came back to the flex bone. And you know, we'd, we'd watch what they were doing and we'd listen to what their coaches were saying uh, to the kids. And then you had a chance to sit down and watch film with them in the film room. Um, we had a coach uh, on staff who uh, was a, an Air Force Academy grad and was still working uh, on the academy as an independent contractor. And he had some good connections with those guys. And so they would share video clips of a certain play and they would, they'd share that over huddle. Um, they'd let us go and sit and watch film. Uh, in their film room. Um, but I, I would say probably the thing that we got the most from them was being at practice and looking at how they ran their practice. You know, we can't run our practice the same way they do. Way more guys. Mm -hmm. But you're looking at something uh, like half line, for example. So they would run two different half line drills. Um, one drill going to the left, one drill going to the right. And players would rotate through this, these half line. So you're getting a ton of reps. Your linemen are getting a ton of reps on their on their blocking. Your your quarterback's getting a ton of, of, of reps on his reads and, and, and running the option to the left or to the right. And then they would flip flop the other way. And, and the amount of reps that you can get um, doing that doing a half line and it, Ben's even even stepped it up a notch just because of the way that, that our practice is structured and the number of kids that we have. Um, he does it now. <clears throat> excuse me, where we can get. Um, a half line working and get some kids that are maybe backups a lot of reps, but you can also get your starters a lot of reps and you can flip and you can mix and match in there with the, with the different kids. And um, so everyone's getting a ton of reps at what they want to do and seeing a college do that kind of stuff. I think that was, that was really helpful um, for us. And then, you know, I, I guess probably the, the, the last thing with that too, is that, um, you know, just, um, just knowing that you have access to, to the academy and that you have access to some guys that are, are running um, the same or a very similar offense is comforting, you know, especially if you, if you come across something that, that you're struggling with and knowing that there's someone right across the street that is willing to answer some questions for you is, is, is comforting for us. Yeah, I'd imagine, like, um, for, for, for me, we don't really have any – triple option schools around us uh every you know everybody spread you know on the college level and that's that's where your high school kids kind of aspire to be is is to move on a lot of times and, and play on that next level and when you can show them whether it's film or actually take them and and show them hey look these guys are running the same offense that we are you know what i mean did you see that play right there that was just 12 that was inside beer what, whatever you know what i mean like right. <clears throat> Like wow, man, we're running a we're running a college style offense. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we I have a lot of academy grads who live in our neighborhood and whose kids go to our school, um, and so we definitely have some level of acceptance of the flex bone because of <laughs> all these dads who graduated from the yeah. academy 
even if they didn't play ball, it's what they saw every Saturday. Y'all got y'all don't have a bunch of dads in the stands. Throw the ball. Oh no, no, we got that too. Yeah, we got that too. Make no mistake about it. Open up the playbook. Open up the playbook. They know that play. <laughs> yeah. They, they, know, know, that they play. know that play. That's my favorite one. They, they know yeah. that play. Yeah. yeah, they all know that one. <laughs> well, it's nice to be in a community where it's it's welcomed. Um, you know, I wouldn't say that's like that everywhere. So it's nice to be talked in there where guys have seen it and know it and 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 you know i mean air force has been successful so so that helps too that really yeah, yeah, absolutely cool. so now last couple of off seasons you guys have been doing some glazier clinic presentations you know what you know why is that important you know for you guys and uh and why do you do them you know that's been a, a big deal for us and glazier is actually uh headquartered here in colorado springs and and those guys are right down the road from us. And so we have kind of a, a built-in connection to them. Uh, we've coached against some of them. Uh, some of those guys coach at a, at a, a close school. And uh, having the ability to get out there at the clinic, Coach Mitchell's been doing it for years, and, and I've been fortunate to kind of tag along and ride his, his coattails uh, until I got established and they started letting me speak too. Uh, but it's it's a very important thing to Coach Mitchell and I because, as we said, uh, we learned all of this from someone else. Yeah. And uh, Coach Mitchell talks about picking up a book from the 70s and, and starting to learn about the wishbone. And, and the truth is there's a limited amount of resources out there. If you want to be a triple option team, uh, there's not a lot of places you can go. Right. And uh, we just feel that we owe it to the coaching community to share the things we've learned uh, we have zero secrets. And, uh, you know, you guys are both familiar with the coaches down at Harding University in Arkansas, uh, some great gentlemen down there. And uh, we kind of model ourselves uh, after them in the way that they will share any video they have. They will share any uh, installs, any cut-ups. They'll get on the phone or email and answer all your questions. They're never too big uh, for you. And uh, Coach Mitchell and I want to be the same way. We, uh, we all drink from wells we didn't dig, Yeah, right? We got that from Brad McCoy. Uh, Brad McCoy's come in to, to speak to our coaching staff, our, our, our whole school coaching staff um, uh, in this um, coaching to change lives. Um, coaching greatness. Coaching greatness. Coaching greatness, yeah, I got you. And uh, Brad McCoy's come in to talk to us, and he said, like, the first meeting we ever sat in with him, he said, we all drink from wells we didn't dig. Yep. That really resonated with us, right? Like, there were people along the way that helped us get to where we are, right? We didn't invent this offense. Um, we didn't invent these drills. Somebody else shared this stuff with us, right? Whether it was at clinic or whether it was in passing or an email to somebody. Um, and I, I feel like this is a way to give back um, to, the, to the coaching community. And, and over the course of 20-some-odd years of, of coaching, I've had lots and lots of people um, who have influenced me, um, whether it just be – uh, whether it be X's and O's or whether it just be about how to be a, how to be a, a good mentor role model, how to be a head coach, you know, how, how to be a, how to be a good coach, you know, so there's, there's lots of, of influences there. And, and um, we both agree that this is, this is how you give back to this game. And, and Sean is, is just a man of integrity <clears throat> in that way, looking out for the profession. Uh, we had an assistant coach a couple of years ago doing a good job, asking questions, making us think. And he said, guys, why do you, share so much at clinic 
why do you stand up there and, and kind of give away the secret sauce? You know, we got league opponents sitting in the room taking notes. You know, we try and kick the decos out, but some of those D coordinators sneak in there. Uh, and Sean said, I don't care. He said, you know, this is a profession that, that deserves support. And sometimes our game is, is under attack for a variety of reasons. And, and Sean has always said, I'm going to do all I can to support coaches in this profession. And if a guy's interested in learning, then, then he said, we will always share. And I like that philosophy. It's easy for me as an assistant to sign on to that. So when we talk at clinics, one of the first slides we have is we say, we'll share everything we've got. You know, we'll share film clips. We'll share pictures, playbooks. Um, and I understand that not everybody's going to be willing to do that. But we would encourage guys who, who do talk at clinic to at least consider it, you know, to, to grow the sport beyond something that's just bigger than, than the local, you know, rival deco learning what you're reading on midline you get know that's past those generic get past those generic 21st slides on that powerpoint man let's get to it right right, <laughs> right. <laughs> we want to learn something <laughs> i know well, what you're yeah. that's awesome yeah it's uh definitely uh i think you got two guys talking to you tonight feel the same way you do um you know, and I like that phrase, we all drink from wells we didn't dig. That's a good one. Uh, I appreciate it. That. That's a good one. Um, I always say football was invented in the 1800s. We, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, we, we, there's not one, I mean, I, I mean, we all been around a little bit and, uh, you know, I hadn't, hadn't seen anything that's, uh, been created yet. It's all been recreated. So, uh, so, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Paying it forward is a big deal for us, Tony and I. And, um, you know, it's, it's refreshing to uh, to talk with people that feel the same way um, because I can assure you it's not like that everywhere. So um, You guys are leading the way with this, um, with, that, with the stuff that you guys do um, it, with social media. I mean, it's out there. And people can see it. You know, I, I'm on Twitter and I can see the, the questions and the answers and the, and the clips, you know. And so <clears throat> I know that there's guys that are paying attention to that stuff that are not uh, option guys, but I don't care, right? Like, this, yeah, is, I, right. this is the community, right? And we're, right. we're going to share and that's that. Right. We're, we're a brotherhood. And, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I, I mean, you don't know. I don't know. We don't know what we're going to call. You know what I mean? I mean, right. also, um, when you got to defend, you know, mid-double, inside veer, mid-triple, toss, zone dive, trap. You know, we're 16-year-olds. I mean, right. I mean, who, you know, you, you don't, you don't know. I mean, I, at least, let me rephrase that. I don't know. <laughs> so, and I was so dumb, so, you know. So I don't care. I'm gonna sh let's say I'm the same way. I'm gonna share and hope and right. help and learn from other people, and, <laughs> you know. And then you know what? Somebody figures it out. Hell, well then, good for them. I'll tip my cap and we'll move on. You know. So I was so dumb as a young coach, defensive coordinator, that when I first learned, like, oh, they're not blocking that guy. Right. I, now all of a sudden, I thought this was revolutionary. Like now, I had a trick. Now right. I need something like they're not blocking you. Well, right, right, that right. helped during practice for a hot minute until we realized, yeah. oh, they can run it the other way too. Oh, yeah. they can run it inside of you. Oh, they can run it outside of you. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. but boy, I sure thought I was smart for a minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's this offense will humble you pretty quickly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, when you're 
you know, when you're talking about your offense, and I, you know, I've seen a couple of your presentations that are, by the way, well done. Um, Thank you. When you, you know, I think a lot of people wonder what the term balance means in this offense. You know what I mean? Um, I think most people think run to pass, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, yeah, you know, I get I get a lot of mileage out of the same jokes every year at our, our end of the season banquet. And I remind those parents, we have a balanced offense. I run option 50% of the time to the left and 50% of the time to the right. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't heard I that one yet. That's pretty good. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you kid who comes to our program, you can hear that joke four years because I use it every year. Yeah. <laughs> but same amount so every year, same amount of laughs. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> the real truth is that the balance uh, in our offense uh, comes in the diversity of ball carriers. Right. If you look at our season stats, uh, just over the past three years, uh, the leading rusher at our program uh, for each season over the last three has been a different position. Uh, three years ago, we had a very dynamic A-back. And so we ran more rocket toss and more counter ISO uh, than you normally might. You know, those are the more complimentary plays sometimes. But right. a dynamic player. Uh, didn't have the build to be a, a B-back, and yet he was able to to run for, you know, 20-some-odd touchdowns and 1,500 yards from that A-back spot. Uh, the year after that, we had a quarterback lead us in rushing, and, and we've had multiple quarterbacks be our rushing leaders and our, our rushing touchdown leaders. And then this past year, uh, we, had a, we had a bulldozer at the B-back spot, and so – uh, he actually set the single-season uh, rushing record for the school last year. And so when we look at balance, it's not necessarily run-to-pass balance. We certainly do not have that. And uh, our balance is more diversity in ball carriers. Guys know that uh, if, if, you know, if, if the look is right, they're going to get fed the ball over right. and over, whether that's for a, a quarter or a game or an entire season. And, and that's where our balance comes in, is, is guys carrying the rock. I think our most successful uh, statistical year, uh, three years ago, we ended up with, with our four major ball carriers all over 800 yards and, and two of them well over 1,000. And so when you've got four guys over 800 yards, you know, that's, that's putting some stress on a deco when he's running his tendencies. Right. Idea for balance. I love that. That's awesome. <clears throat> Along those lines of, of, of balance and how you define it, uh, let's talk about offensive goals, okay? So, so what are some offensive goals, you know? You, have you guys started practice yet? We have not. Uh, okay. Yeah, we don't, we don't start officially until August 12th. Okay. So you're about to roll into your new season here soon. And you, what, what, what are some offensive goals that you might set that, uh, 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 that sure. you concern yourself with, you, you know, you're trying to achieve? I think you I know, screwed the question up, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. It's funny. I'm a math teacher, so I'm a numbers guy. I like data. I like stats. Uh, but when it comes to offensive goals for our kids, I really only share two goals with them. And, and it's the same two goals every single week. Uh, and goal number one is to win. And, and I really don't care about any other number than being 1-0 and at the end of the week. And I'm not ever going to get – tied up in, in minutia, when we, when we get the W, we've, we've done the job that week. Uh, and then goal number two for me is always zero turnovers. 
if if we do not turn the ball over, we're going to win the football game. Uh, our offense and our defense are structured as such that if we do not turn the ball over, we're not going to lose. You know, like a lot of flex bone teams, uh, we're more likely to go for it on fourth down uh, in spots of the field that some people don't. So we don't punt a ton. And so if, if our drives end with a kick, uh, one way, shape, or form, we're going to win those football games darn near every single time. Yeah. So those, those are the only goals uh, I want the kids to focus on. And maybe some of that does come back even to balance. You know, I hate to make a goal going into a game for X yards rushing and Y yards passing. Right. And then that's not the way the game unfolds. Right. You come have an incredibly successful game and you get the win. And then on Monday you're giving kids a, a big red X or a frown face in a column because you didn't throw for 100 yards uh, or you didn't run for, for 350 yards. <clears throat> if the game doesn't unfold that way, I don't care if we're 1-0 at the end. So those are the only two goals I share, win, zero turnovers. And it, and it really fits with, with my coaching philosophy. Um, I, I fell into that trap. Um, I shouldn't call it a trap. I, I know lots of guys, it's not a trap. But I had the, the board too, right? I had the board that was, you know, did you get X amount of turnovers, X amount of yard? You know, we did it for offense, defense, and special teams. And I did that for a long time, and I kept track of that board. And the board was decorated and colors and dots and all these things. But, you know, at the end of the day, it didn't really fit my philosophy. I mean, I, I, goals are, are great, and I think that we, we've talked a lot in, in – uh, in sports over our, our entire career playing and coaching about having some goals, personal goals and, and how goal setting is important. But for me with the team, it's, it's less about having this, this one big end goal in mind and more about a process, right. And about doing things the right way. And <clears throat> whether that be at practice or in a game, um, you know, I talked to the defensive guys, um, in our defensive meeting about, you know, I'm not going to call the right defense every time or the right blitz every time, um, but that's not what's important. It's not about the perfect call. It's about your perfect execution of that. And to me, I think that's the, a process thing, and I feel like Ben is in line with that, right? It's not about how many yards we get, but it's about when we run the play, did you block who you were supposed to block? Did you run the path you were suppo supposed to run? Did you read – uh, did you make the right read on this? That's what's important, and that's where the success is going to come from. We don't need a number, right? I don't. It doesn't matter. We can win three to nothing, right? Like um, that. That's fine with me. And we, you know, and we'll talk about stats and this, that, and the other. But I mean, it, it's 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 mostly just for us, you know. It, it's it's for us to, to to sum up at the end of the season, kind of say, well, you know, we were we were better this year at this, or or we we weren't as good. And, we can say we've had we had too many turnovers this year, so we can evaluate that stuff. But the the the, the goal of, of yards and touchdowns and this and that not as important as the process that, that we asked them to go through. I, me me and Matt were kind of talking about this the other day, Coach. Remember we were talking about tempo, and yeah. uh, you know, as a defensive coordinator, you're like you know, talking to your defense and then sending them right back out on the field immediately because they just went three and out. And how, yeah. you know, I think that's the one thing that's great about this offense option-wise is, you know, it, it does fit a certain formula and, and, and um, 
philosophy, like you're, like you're saying, uh, a way, you know, an approach that you play the game, it's like a recipe for success. And option guys will wear you out being patient with the same play because they know it's going to work if they just fix it. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what makes us dangerous, I think. You know what I mean? Where guys get bored and move on to another play and, or they set those goals and, I got to run 100 plays this game, you know what I mean? And uh, Shoot, we're happy if we go 50 or 60, you know what I mean? That, that'd be great with us, you know what I mean? Milk that clock, you know what I mean? And uh, play good defense and special teams and all that. Like, So that's some of the things I was thinking about it, uh, that you, uh, while you guys were talking in, in, in the conversations me and Matt were having here recently. Tony, that's something I've learned as a play caller just in this offense over the last five years. Uh, you, you talk about – Flexbone play callers need to be patient, and uh, I've had to learn that. You know, I've gotten better at this through the help of other coaches. We got a coach on our staff named Vince Villani, and his dad was a career coach as well. And his dad <clears throat> would always remind me. He'd say, Coach, run it until they stop it, and then run it one more time in case it was luck. Yep. You know, and, and the, way, the way Coach Villani describes it, he says, as an offensive coordinator, you've got to avoid the curse of genius. Yep. He said, sometimes we get to thinking we're so genius, and anytime you hear yourself in the, in the headset start saying the phrase, I got them set up, you know, that you're about to do the, the curse of genius. You've had something that's working over and over and over, and instead of just calling it again, you're trying to be a genius and think what you just set up when, yeah. when you got something working. And yeah. so I have my assistant or, or my position coaches on offense help me sometimes. I'll tell them. We're going to run, you know, the mid-double here until they stop it twice in a row. And if I get antsy and call something else, like override me and say, no, coach, you said mid-double till they stop it twice in a row. And we have had had drives where we have run mid-teens, you know, 14, 15 play drives. Seven minutes a clock. Yeah, run a whole quarter of a clock off running one play. Yeah, you get antsy as an OC. You feel like, man, certainly I can't call it a 15th yeah. time in a row. But if if you stay true to it, if they have not stopped it and it's sufficient, gosh, you just you keep it up and, and you go one and zero that week. Yeah, not not, that's, not. A, that's a maturation thing too. Um, I, I think that when Ben and I uh, first started coaching together at Discovery Canyon, he was the OC. There were a few times people would have to say, Coach. Let's go back to let's go back to the beer. Let's go back to let's go back to the life. Because like like we say in, in our, our presentation on, on complimentary plays, those plays work because the options working, right? Those aren't your bread and butter, right? Your bread yeah, and butter right. is, is to run the option, right? Run inside veer, run midline, but that's your bread and butter, and these are just icing on the cake. These are a little treat. Just remember, let's go back to this. But again, now he's been doing it for five years. So after five years, I don't say that very much anymore. Now, now all I ever say is like, seriously, you're going to throw the ball? <laughs> I do let him throw it. I do let him throw it once in a while. Once in a while. <laughs> hey, coach. Hey, coach. My my kryptonite, man, is I always. I, I don't know what it is about a wide receiver reverse. But that thing, I start looking at that thing every year, and I'm like, man, this is going to be the year I'm going to hit that reverse. <laughs> and as soon as I call it, man, a daggum fumble on the handoff or something, and 
I give my Cody, brother, brother, my brother. You are my brother from another mother. I'm the worst reverse coach. I call it at the wrong time only. Uh, but we haven't. I haven't called it now in three years because <laughs> crossed it off. It's yeah. not on yeah. the sheet before. We crossed that off. Three right. years ago, I only called that when we needed the next play to be like second and seventeen. Yeah, exactly. Or, or we needed a fumble. <laughs> right. It was a fumble play. Yeah. That play shouldn't exist for us. Hey, before we before we move on to uh, two, I'm not trying to hog it up, but I had I had another thought too. Because what about so you call mid, uh, the same play multiple times, man? Um, I find I'm patient, but then the kids are like, Coach, I just got smacked, and, or they know the play. You know what I mean? Just getting their confidence too. I remember like we're we're playing the team, and we're running uh, jet. And, I, and I'm trying to, like, figure out what's going on. But what happened, the guy's just too wide. We can't reach him. You know, I can't get the reach. So we end up running um, a power read. I knew it was going to work. You know what I mean? Because that guy was up the field. He was playing wide. And uh, I didn't, my, my kids didn't want to run it. And I just had to say, trust me, this was at a camp, you know. And, boy, they bit on the jet. Quarterback pulled it and hit it up underneath. And they're all celebrating because they just hammered the Jet guy. I mean, they're the defense is having a party over there. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, my quarterback's 50 yards downfield in the end zone. So I, my big behind takes my shirt off and runs down the field going crazy. You know what I mean? So I want the kids to know, you know what I mean? This option football, baby, you got to trust me. I'm, you know, I'm reacting to defense, you know? I don't ever, I don't ever need to see the, the highlight clip of that, Tony. <laughs> there is a highlight clip of that, actually. <laughs> you keep that to yourself. Uh, but, you know, you're right. you got to sell your kids on a culture. And our kids – our offense only works because our kids trust it. And, and our kids are, are – we have – we're so blessed. We've got great kids raised by great moms and dads in our community. And – they trust what we are doing, and they trust their, their brothers. They trust the, the whole process. And so they kind of take a little bit of pride in, in drives where we can call the same play over and over. I think they get a little bit of a smile in the huddle, and they giggle when they're like, oh, Coach Brebach's in one of his moods. <laughs> He's going to run this till they stop it. I think that that's just a culture thing. And, and our kids know that's not the time to get bored. That's the time to know that you're, you're imposing your will on the defense. Yeah. And, boy, when you can run a play that, and they know it's coming and you still just keep doing it over and over and over, boy, our kids, they, they just they puff up a little bit. Their chest gets a little bigger. And, you know, those, those guys are smiling in the huddle every time we call it. And it's important, too, that, that Ben sells that to them as well. You know, so – they trust Ben and they believe in, in what he and the rest of the offensive coaching staff is doing um, because they can see it in his preparation. They can hear it in his, in his um, uh, presentations to them uh, in film and, and out on the field during walkthrough. They know because he repeats it over and over. We are an option team. And we're going to do, we're going to impose our will on him. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. And that's the way we structure practice. We're not all over the place at practice, right? We have an option period and we have option individual. And we're, when we get into that option period, we are going to run option and run it and run it and run it and run it and run it. So they know because he sold them, right? And they believe in him, right? And when he gets up there and, and talks to them about this stuff, he, he speaks from a place of knowledge and, and, and they've bought in to that. 
right? And 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 it was the the offensive coordinator before did the same thing, and the kids bought into it. They see coaches' excitement about it. They see the success of it out there on the field. So it's easy to buy in to that. And and you might get one or two players that <clears throat> um, are selfish, right? They want you to throw them the ball more. They want you to pitch them the ball more, whatever. But the, the guys that are your dudes, the guys that you're going to be able to rely on, they'll, they'll buy into it. And, and, and they do a great job. Well, Coach, you, you mentioned practice. Why don't we go ahead and kick that up and uh, talk about that because I know you guys do some things uh, uh, differently and maybe talk to listeners about how you've organized <coughs> staff by position um, and maybe just talk about, like, how you structure your practice and, you know, and, and how you work through it. Okay. <clears throat> so um, here's what we do. We do not have – a um, dedicated freshman or JV coaching staff. So right now there are um, eight, I have eight coaches on staff and a few volunteers here and there. So there's somewhere between 11 to 12 total coaches uh, out there. But the guys that are, that are full-time coaches that are, 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 um, are, are there every day, um, we divide them in half. Four of us are defensive coaches, four of us are offensive coaches. So what that means is, is that um, I'm going to coach the um, JV and the varsity kids, sophomore through senior. We kind of lump them all together into one group. I'm going to coach those kids on Tuesday. And while I'm coaching those kids on Tuesday, Ben and his staff are coaching the freshmen. So, <clears throat> um, so the, the, the whole program, freshman through senior, are being coached by varsity coaches or by – I shouldn't say varsity, but by the coaches. Yeah. And then on the next day, we flip-flop. So now, you know, Wednesday gets here, and, and all of those older kids go and work offense with, with coach, and then we get all the freshmen. And so we do this flip-flop schedule all week, and we, we play most of our games on Friday nights. And so during a week, you're going to get two days of, of offense and two days of defense at the level that you play at. So if you're a C-team freshman kid, you're going to get two, two days of defense with the same guys that are going to coach you when you're a sophomore, when you're a junior, when you're a senior. Same thing with the offensive side of the ball. So coach is going to coach those freshman quarterbacks, and, um, and then if they stay in the program, then they're going to get coached by him their sophomore, junior, and senior year. So we, we do this flip-flop back and forth. We don't, we don't ever practice them together. You know, there's a big difference between 14-year-olds and, and 18 year um, and then on, on game days, we have two coaches, one offensive coach and one defensive coach that will go and coach the sub-varsity games. So two guys will go and coach the C-Squad, and two guys will go and coach the, the JV on Saturday morning. And then on Friday night, we're all together, and we all have a varsity <laughs> responsibility. And so what we don't do is we don't, we don't split them off. So the freshmen don't have their own field. They don't go and have – three coaches coaching them and three guys that have to learn multiple positions and, co and combined positions and so on. They're going to get the same structure, the same coaching. They're going to get, they're going to get film. They're going to get all of the stuff that those older guys get and they're going to get it every other day. <clears throat> so um, what I feel like it's done for us um, is that it's created some consistency in the program. So if you're, if you're one of my linebackers, you're going to hear my terminology. You're going to go through my drills. You're going to get used to my coaching style all four years of high school. And, and hopefully what that's going to create is, is a better football player, 
right? That we're not going to have to reteach because your freshman year, that coach was coaching linebackers and D linemen together, right? Or that there was a part-time linebacker coach or something. They're going to get a dedicated guy and he's going to be with you all four years if, if that's feasible with our coaching staff and so on. But <clears throat> I love the consistency of it. So this summer, coach is working with the um, freshman quarterback and he's hearing all the same coaching cues and getting all the same drills that his senior uh, uh, quarterback and be back are getting. Yeah. And then we bring them all together for special teams. And so when we do special teams, we're all doing so. All long snappers come with me, freshman through senior, same thing. They're getting all the same coaching cues, all of the same pointers, all of that stuff's the same. I think it allows us to maximize the eight coaches that we have that are the full-time paid coaches. Um, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't see how we could be nearly as efficient if we tried to separate out a couple of those guys as a freshman staff like a lot of schools do. Um, this, this maximizes it. Uh, the other thing I like about it is since we never split, uh, I won't say never, since we rarely split days, our kids are able to focus mentally on just one aspect of their job. And all our kids play both ways. You know, 3A in Colorado is the middle classification. Uh, and basically no schools in 3A have the luxury of a full two platoon system. So most of our guys play both ways. And we've had seasons where our starting quarterback took every single snap of the season at middle linebacker also. And that's not ideal for us, but it's the reality we're in sometimes. And by splitting, you know, Monday all offense, Tuesday all defense, we allow those, those young people to, to not have to focus on so much mentally. You guys know how much that can slow a kid down or slow a whole team down if guys are questioning or thinking too much. So I like that on a day that we're focused on, on varsity offense, those kids don't have to think one iota of what their defense is for the week. I like that about the practice. <clears throat> <laughs> I was going to ask uh, about meetings. Do you do, do you do um, meet daily or uh, just on your day, and then and then do you do special teams daily, or do you save that for a certain day of the week? Or <clears throat> so we meet with our kids. We get out of school at two forty-five, and we tell them at, at two fifty you need to be in the meeting room. And so we um, they they have a five-minute passing period, basically. They come upstairs to the meeting room, and it's your day on defense, um, varsity guys. You're you're in the big room, and if you're C squad and offense, you're going to be in the little room with, with Coach Reebok, and that'll it'll flip just like the practice does. So if your day, if that's your defensive day, you're going to get a defensive meeting by the defensive coaching staff. Um, the special teams part of that, we we have one day a week for special teams meeting. Um, but we do special teams every single day. And so the last 20 minutes of practice every day is dedicated to one or two special teams, depending on, on how the week uh, shapes up. You know, so we might do, <clears throat> we might do PAT and, and uh, field goal and PAT field goal block on the same day. And then every other day is going to be something um, uh, on its own. <clears throat> but we're going to do that every day and we're going to work, um, we're going to work skills. So I'll get the long snappers for five to 10 minutes and then we'll go in and snap to the punters or to the holders. Um, but every day they're going to get something um, throughout the course of the week. 
but they're only going to get that one meeting. So that meeting takes place at the beginning of the week, and, and that's usually um, that's usually preparation for that coming. Well, uh, speaking of um, the meetings and stuff like that, let's let's go ahead and talk about technology now. Are you guys filming practice? Is is that something that you're you're, you're using in your meetings to show them uh, practices and things like that? And are you guys using like drones or GoPros or taping uh, camera on coach's head or anything crazy like that? <laughs> the, the tape would stick to this bald head. The problem is we coached it to Coach Breebach. All we would see is the guys from about the mid chest down. Like we wouldn't get to see much else. Uh, <laughs> you're not getting an aerial view. Out of my <laughs> um, you know, Tony, uh, you and I have talked a little bit before about some of the film I've shared with you from practice. Um, you know, this is coaches helping coaches again. We were at a summer camp two years ago, three years ago, and uh, we were impressed with Eagle Crest High School out of Denver's filming. And they had a GoPro that was uh, basically attached to the top of an extendable painter's stick. They got it from Home Depot that you would extend with a paint roller, and they had attached a GoPro to the top of it, and then they had put a bracket down towards the bottom of the stick that, that held a cell phone to control the GoPro and allow you to see on the screen what you were filming. And all they did, they'd shoot that thing up. It was probably 15 feet tall. And stand it on the ground so the ground acted as a support for the stick and held it steady and those gopros they steady themselves pretty good with that image and they had a manager just stand 15 yards behind the ball or so and it gave a beautiful camera angle uh so we talked to those guys and they said that they had gone through all the trial and error of what parts to get so they got the parts for us and built it for us and we paid them for it you know paid them a little extra to build it uh, but it was it was done, and we used that in practice uh, to film pods, half line, team, and it gives us a great angle that's up high. It's it's from behind, and it's super simple. Just a GoPro on a painter stick. The bin is wide angle, yeah. so you can you get everything right. I mean, wow. you get you get you get tackle to tackle, or you can get all the way out to the receivers. Like it is a it's a great. The biggest, the biggest deal for us and for you guys too, I'm, I'm sure, is just having time to, to watch all that film. And sometimes that film gets uploaded, and, and truth be told, I don't even get a chance to watch it before our, our next practice happens. You know, I got three little kids at home, and I'm, I'm a math teacher. I got a teacher too, and um, you, we've got this great film, and, and honestly, sometimes I don't even get to see it. But wait, 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 wait. You teach during you, you teach during football season. <laughs> I thought man, all, I thought all football coaches watch football during football season. <laughs> I got I got this this fifty thousand dollar job and this four thousand dollar job, and I work about equally at both. Sometimes that don't make a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's tough to watch practice film, you know, because. We spend so much time watching our opponents film, you know, or, yeah. or over the weekend you're watching um, your your last game and so on. So it's tough. But th there have been some times where having that film has been very beneficial. Um, and, you know, it, it's there if you need it. Um, we, we were better at it when we had a coach who um, that was sort of his job. He kind of took care of that for us. Um, it gets a little bit harder in the hustle and bustle of the season to, to get that done. But periodically, we know, like, we, we would like to see this, whatever it is, you know, if we're installing something new or 
uh, if we're really struggling with something and we can't figure it out, like let's bring that thing out to practice and, and let's get some film of it. So um, it, it's definitely a technology that I would like to use a lot more. Um, yeah. And maybe maybe when I retire and all I have to all I have to do is coach football, then <clears throat> I'll spend all my time at home watching practice film. <laughs> you know. Coach, we're willing to, like I said, share everything we have. So if somebody's curious about the setup, you know, they can just hit us up on Telegram or Twitter and we'll take pictures of the whole thing and, and share the pictures. We're not, we're not talented enough to build it for you. You're going to have to build it yourself. But we'll, <laughs> we'll take pictures of the rig. And I'm telling you, GoPro on a painter's stick is, is a, a really good camera angle. Hey, that's like MacGyver, man. You know, <laughs> right. Sometimes there's duct tape involved. <laughs> yeah. I, Coach, have you ever seen uh, Ben's put some uh, A-frame up, you know, where they they're on the strip meshing and, and you guys got the PVC uh, pipes and th- uh, the PVC arches, you know, or the shoots and they're running through those while they're mesh. I mean, those that's some great film, you know, of you practice. I imagine you show those to youngins and uh, that, that that would extremely help, you know. Coach Mitchell and I talk all the time. We have some drills we've got great film of. We have some drills we've never filmed. And we tell ourselves going into this season, we are going to get great film of every single drill that we have. And then we're going to get them on to huddle for the kids. Um, because you know as well as I do, explaining a drill takes yeah. practice. And, and I want to be able to just say a, a one-word drill. Hey, we're going to do the hookup drill. Yeah. And I want every kid to have an understanding and you know they learn by seeing that video. Oh man! Every drill, and basically make a, a tutorial for the kids to see. And, uh, and it helps new coaches in too, right? Uh, I mean, you, you know, there is a little bit of a revolving door on coaches, and to have to bring a coach in and, and to be able to say, "Here's the drill that I want you to do with those guys," right? And here it is. I don't have to draw it for you. I don't have to explain it to you. I don't have to take time to show it to you. You can watch it on on film um, speaking of those those pvc though so coach uses that for um for his b-backs um, and then he found uh on twitter somewhere somebody's using it for tackling drills about being in the right position we teach that shoulder tackling um hawk tackling stuff and they were yeah. using that to kind of show where you where your body needs to be right before contact so we have these these shoots, right, that, that he's using, and now we have a way that we can use those uh, on defense, too. So, uh, Coach, great, great Coach, Coach, this is an offensive show, man. All right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know to stress them under when the head coach is the defensive coordinator. <laughs> you know what? It's actually better for him because when I wasn't the defensive coordinator, I had a lot of time to stand right behind him at practice and do this. <laughs> <laughs> so this has actually been – this has probably been good for our relationship. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, fellas, it's been great, man. Our pleasure. Thank you. Matt, I, I appreciate you having me on. And, and Tony, you know, I appreciate what you've done with, with the Mesh Point. And we talk about how much we've learned from clinics and books from the 1970s. But I've learned more option football over the past two years uh, between Flexbone Nation, uh, Matt reviving the website, and you with, with the Mesh Point. I thank you two so much. I've learned more football in, in my 19th and 20th year coaching 
uh, than I maybe did in that first 18. Those resources are incredible. And uh, tonight when I, when I had the chance to do the podcast, I was talking to my little kids and my daughter. Uh, I love Berlin. And she said, Daddy's going to be on the Mesh Shorts podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We should rename it. That's great. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. Hey, yeah, we we'll appreciate you guys, man. You guys do a nice job. I love reading those uh, Q and A um, on. Uh, yeah. You read them the next day uh, afterwards. But I love reading that stuff. Some, some guys have some have some great responses to those questions, and uh, that's that's neat. That community that you guys have developed, and so you know, uh, shout out to you guys on doing that. Well, you know, it's funny because um, I got your eighteen Glazier stuff, and then Ben uh, sent me the nineteen stuff, baby, back. I think it was right before you, I don't remember. You had just finished it, I think. And I was going through it the other day. And uh, I, I just happened to be flipping through it in the office. And uh, one of our young quarterbacks popped in and said, Coach, what's that? I said, well, sit down, son. Let's sit down and look at it. So uh, he was like, well, well, where is this? You know, and I was just trying to explain it to him, you know. But um, It's where they smoke weed. We don't need any more people moving in here yeah. for the weed, all right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, it was probably, you know, several slides on there. We were able to get through and talk about stuff. So so uh, it's not just us, it's you guys too. So, uh, well, Coach, if anybody's ever planning on visiting Air Force, uh, our, our campus is, is – two miles from the main gate of the Air Force Academy. I would hope that anybody would reach out to us at Discovery Canyon High School. If they're making a trip to Colorado Springs to, to meet with the Academy, I hope they'll come talk ball with us too. Uh, we got a lot we can learn from these guys coming in and we're always excited to share what we have. We well, got yeah, we'll definitely uh, put yeah. the, uh, y'all, your Twitter handles and things in the show notes and make sure, you know, you know, people can get in touch with you. So. You can put my email up there as well, and, and or guys can reach out via Huddle, um, and, and yep. we'll share anything. Yeah. Awesome. But, but Coach McLeod, one more thing, just real quick. What about that sun, uh, seven ton of rock? Well, they got to incorporate that somehow, don't they? <laughs> yeah. That's good, yeah. man. That sounds like a daggum T-shirt right there, man. That's I'm right. Right. We need somebody to come up with something cool about about seven ton of rock, right? I mean, right. <laughs> nothing clears the mind like seven tons of rock. <laughs> that's what built that program, it sounds like. You know, that's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, fellas, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Much thank of fun. You. Thanks, fellas. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. You can download or listen to our podcast at Apple iTunes. Spotify, or the Google Podcast app. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good and leave us some comments that you might think uh, you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple. Our MeshPoint podcast uh, has its own Twitter page, and that is at the MeshPoint. Again, at the MeshPoint. You can also find me on FlexBoneNation.com. I have an option blog there and write articles in that place. Uh, that can help you out if you're in the season. All right, Tony, I want you to let the listeners know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to 3Face Football on Twitter, at 3Face Football, and uh, you'll, you'll be able to follow my account and um, 
the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. And it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and and uh, get to know each other and you know we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch uh, catch that every Monday, eight o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag Mesh Point to see everybody's responses uh, to to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great great way to uh, build our networks and, and and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter, so it's real cool. Also, check out the website threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, mesh point gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.